All right. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose, a.k.a. Victory Lap Jose, as of uh, recent weeks. I am joined today by Tyler Big Irby Erbach. How you doing today, dude? <laughs> oh, man, it's been a day, but I'm ready to get this, to do this. This is the highlight of my day right now. Hell yeah. yeah, it's always a shitty day working, because that's what we do. We do work nine to fives, but we still bust this podcast out three times a week for you. But let's just get into uh, what we're talking about today. We're going to do our late games, start of the week, and really the most important part of the episode, probably, at least to us, is going to be our starts of the week, people we particularly like ourselves. So before we get into all of that, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, wherever you're listening to us right now, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, uh, through a tin can, what, I don't care. Make sure you follow, <laughs> like, and subscribe. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, if you're feeling real nice about it, give us five stars. We would really appreciate that. If you're not going to give us five stars, this isn't Google reviews. Just keep on fucking moving and don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if you haven't noticed by now, we are missing Jimbo, James Dreer, our usual, uh, you know, main host of the show who leads us through everything. He will be back with us shortly, but at the moment he is not here. So you got to deal with me and big Irby, which means, you know, you're just getting, uh, I mean, it's really the cream of the crop. (laughs) It's the cream of the crop here. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, we, we do miss him though. So. Um, he'll be back with us shortly. Either way, let's just dive into this right now. So we are doing the late games. So if yes. you want to hear the early games, you know, as far as, you know, Sunday morning, all the Sunday morning games that will be on our last episode, you can find us, find that on our page, wherever you listen to us at. And if you can't find it on there, just go to our Twitter. We post all our episodes on there also. But right now we're doing the late games. Yeah. Actually, before we jump into the late games, just real quick, there should be one major note added to one of the early games. Uh, we talked a lot about what's going to happen w- between the Browns and Bills and where they're going to play. It has been decided today that the game will be played in Detroit and uh, up in Ford Field. So they'll be in a dome now, no more weather. So everything, all the concerns you may have had about you know the snow and how well this game could be played when it comes to the fantasy aspect, you no longer have those concerns. Um, all your normal guys that you would play, you sh- need to you know continue to play without without question. Yeah, that's a good point. I would have liked to see them play in the snow just for funsies. Not really for fa- from a fantasy aspect, but it would have been fun to see. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And apparently, um, since they're playing in Detroit, the Bills are just going to stay in Detroit for two weeks because they're playing the Lions on Thanksgiving. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that um, a couple hours ago. So they're, they're going to play in Detroit in the same stadium two weeks in a row. Or arena, whatever you call I mean, that yeah. shit. If the weather's going to be that bad up in Buffalo, I'm sure flying in and out is going to be an absolute nightmare. And they might not really have a chance to be able to get back in and then also leave again. You know, it sucks for the players not be able to see their families like right around Thanksgiving. But um, hopefully they'll be able to spend the weekend with them, you know, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday after since they do get a play on Thursday. Well, if I'm getting like a $500,000 check to not see my family on Thanksgiving, I'm going to take that <laughs> check. <laughs> Might as well, even though Detroit isn't, you know, a paradise, whatever. But yeah, let's, um, oh, real quick before we dive into these late games, bye weeks this week. If you haven't, you know, listened to our last episode, got four pretty important fantasy teams 
or fantasy relevant teams on by this week. Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Bucks. So, you know, it's uh, pretty important to find some streaming plays this week. If you have guys like Travis Etienne, any of the Dolphins receivers, if you have Tua, Geno Smith, Kenny Walker, any of the Seahawks receivers, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, Mike Evans, Lenny Fournette, things like that. So, you know, just pay attention to what we're saying here, and you might find some good streamers. Should we just dive into the first game here? Yeah, let's get it. Let's do it. So, the first game, we got my Las Vegas Raiders going into Denver, playing the Broncos. The Broncos are two and a half point favorites. That's bullshit. Over under is forty one and a half points. Is it? I'll be no, it's not really bullshit. The Raiders <laughs> do kind of suck. <laughs> I'll be honest. So yeah, let's talk about the Raiders side of the ball first. Um, obviously, th- this is the second time this team has played, or they played each other. These teams have played each other this season. They played each other in Week Four. Carr went against them, um, and only had twelve fantasy points. But in the last two weeks, Carr is averaging about eighteen fantasy points. Me and you both liked him in the preseason. Right now, it's definitely rough to throw him in your lineup. But, you know, with guys like Tua, Geno, players like that out, would you feel comfortable putting Derek Carr as a replacement? No, um, not this week. I, there are, I think, a much better streaming options. I would say Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones are two names that come to, you know, to, my, to mind immediately that would play over Derek Carr. The fact of the matter is the Denver Broncos defense is stingy as hell when it comes to the passing game. They are the best defense against quarterbacks, giving up under 11 points a game, and also the best defense against wide receivers, giving up just over 19 points a game. So, I mean, they're super stingy on the outside. It's not something you can rely, especially with how erratic this offense has been so far this season. I'm not going to rely on them by any means. Obviously, you're still playing Devontae Adams because he's Devontae Adams. But outside of that, I'm not you know playing a pass catcher in this in this game. Yeah, those are really good points. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, those are good points to be made, though. Um, and if you haven't really heard by now, uh, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are on IR. So he's without some good weapons going against that it's a very stingy defense, like you said. So I'm with you on that. Devontae Adams, you still have to throw out there. Josh Jacobs, uh, I think he, you know, obviously he's a must start at this point. But let's talk about Foster Moreau. You know, tight end landscape does suck. And he is the backup to Darren Waller. He's played basically 100% of snaps the last four weeks. He's only scored double-digit points once, which is really what we're looking for in fantasy. How do you feel about Foster Moreau throwing him out there? He's getting about five, six targets a game. I mean, I don't love it, again, just because of where the Broncos' defense is at um, against almost every position. But if you were going to pick one position, the weakest one they are against is... Uh, tight end they do give up just under 10 points a game it's like they're like right in the middle when it comes to the league that way so there's a chance Fossum Rowe might you know get his his uh his targets this week and have a chance to produce so he's a I think he's a low-end streaming option but with how thin tight ends are right now um it, you know you might not have a better way of going yeah I'm with you definitely not a bad streaming option so the Broncos side of the ball though it's pretty interesting that, you know, Russ, he's also had a pretty bad season so far, like Derek Carr, but his best game in the season did come in week four against the Raiders. Yeah, 26 fantasy points. How do you feel about Russ? You think he's going to cook a little bit? 
I thought he was going to cook last week and it burned me. So I don't know. Obviously, it helps that he's playing the Raiders, and I know they're I know your team, but their defense <laughs> yeah. is awful. I mean, they're really, really bad, and Russ did find something against them back in week four. I'm hoping he catches the magic again um, in this game because I think he could be a decent streaming option. Um, you know, obviously, most people aren't going to be playing him, but it's a good matchup, and, you know, hopefully it's something he can, you know, take advantage of. Yeah, and I think he will take advantage of it. To me, the most interesting fantasy aspect of this game is probably going to be the Denver Broncos passing game. Maybe the Raiders rushing game, but mostly the Broncos passing game. They should do pretty well against them. The Raiders defense does suck. I can't pretend anymore. We're too deep into the season. There's no there's no defending him at this point. <laughs> but while we're talking about the passing game, uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, we had high hopes for him in the offseason. Hasn't passed double digits since week four against the Raiders when Russell had that great game. And Jerry Judy did miss practice today with an ankle injury. He is unlikely to play. They haven't officially ruled him out, but at this point, you're listening to this. It's on a Friday or a Saturday, and he didn't practice on Thursday. So it's not looking good for him. If Jerry Judy's out, Corlin Sutton, I think he's worthy of putting your flex. Yeah, I think so, too. Um we saw that at when Judy went out last week, and granted, he did, he did go out on like the first or second play of the game. Cortland Sutton did step up. He had 11 targets, uh, six catches for 66 yards. Um, and that was against, against the Titans, you know, on kind of a quick week where they had to, you know, kind of adjust on the fly with Judy going down. I think with a week of game planning against, uh, you know, a weak Raiders defense, I think you're going to see Cortland Sutton have a good game. I hope he does, because he's been kind of uh, screwing me, and I got some players on by this week, so I hope Cortland Sun can step up for me, because I'm going to throw him in a couple lineups. What about, um, since Jerry Judy's out, what about Greg Dulcich? We should probably talk about him for a second, since we're on the receiving aspect. He did totally fuck me after <laughs> saying uh, he was going to be my <laughs> start of the week. And the Raiders are traditionally pretty bad against tight ends. But I was diving into that a little bit when I was researching for this episode. And the Raiders really haven't been that bad against tight ends. Obviously, they got burned against Travis Kelsey, but everybody does. Other than that, they've been pretty stout against tight ends. So I, even though he does seem like a decent play, I would avoid him. Yeah, I would agree with you here. Um, I mean, there's something about him and like the way that he was starting to get incorporated into the passing game for those couple of weeks. But then last week, you know, he put up an absolute dud of a game against what should have been a good matchup. So uh, I'm with you there. I'm going to go and, you know, find another way at tight end position. Dolchik should be probably benched. But, you know, for people that don't like to carry more than one tight end, you know, cut. Yep, definitely. Dolchik is a dull pick. So let's round out this game by talking about the Broncos running back situation. Melvin Gordon, he's been receiving... The majority of the receiving work, no pun intended. Pun intended for sure, though. You know how I be. And at the same time, he's getting a lot less carries than Latavius Murray. But he's scoring more points. So <laughs> as confusing as that sounds, uh, I mean, th- this this backfield is confusing. Who are you rolling with, Belvin Gordon or Latavius Murray? Uh, neither. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I, I'm trying to pivot away from them. Until we see something else, um, I think they should be. I think they should both be on your bench. 
Not to mention another week involved where, you know, we could see a little bit more of Chase Edmonds. So that concerns me as well. I think they're going to continue to work him into the game plan a little more. There's no reason you would trade for him and not try to work him into your game plan. So I'm ignore I'm, you know, completely ignoring this backfield for more than likely the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of what we've been touching on. You know, now that Chase Edmonds is in there, you got this little three-headed monster that is soon to emerge, even though Chase, Chase Edmonds hasn't been getting that much work lately. So, yeah. I mean, he's only been it, on the team for one week, but. Yeah, exactly. And, and once he does emerge, you know, it's it's just going to be a total shit show as far as yeah trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, that guy, if there even is a guy, because they can't run the ball very well right now anyways. So let's talk about the next game, though. You know, the Dallas Cowboys going up to Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. The over-under is 47 and a half points. On the Cowboys side of the ball, Dak has looked pretty good since returning from injury. His last two games, he scored 44 points, uh, fantasy points, and he's thrown for five touchdowns. So Dak is looking like a very solid start right now. And uh, sneak preview, we'll be talking about him towards the end of the episode, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to speak on that? I mean, do you? (laughs) I mean, if you agree, just agree. If not, dude, I'll just keep moving. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with you. Um, Dax should go play. He's, you know, rolling back into form from the thumb injury he had early in the season. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, this back moving forward. Is probably a sit and forget it type of quarterback. He should be in your in your lineup every week. Yep, I'm with you. So, is there any receivers on the Cowboys not named Ceedee Lamb or Dalton Schultz that we're thinking about starting? Personally, I'm not at this point. I gotta I gotta see more from Michael Gallup and technically a lot more. He's not very impressive right now. No, he he's not. And then, you know, Noah Brown has flashes, um, but he's still a young player figuring it out and you know, he has those those mental break up those mental breaks where he just like, What are you doing? Um, so yeah, I agree. It's C Lamb and Dalton Schultz and then really then out, outside that Tony Pollard out of the backfield. Shout out to Mental Breaks. I'm a huge fan of him. <laughs> not in the <laughs> middle of the game. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, so the running back situation, you know, Tony Pollard has been on an absolute tear. He has 65 fantasy points in the last three games. Zeke is still recovering from a sprained MCL. And this week, head coach, uh, McCarthy God, what's his first name? Mike, Mike. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Head coach McCarthy. <laughs> he is, he said he was optimistic about Zeke returning this week. I, Personally, don't think that changes much. If Zeke is healthy, I if I'm struggling, I might throw him in my flex. But it's still the Tony Pollard show this week, right? Yeah, I think even if if Zeke plays, I bet you he's on a pretty strict uh, snap count, and I wouldn't expect him to get a ton of of work. So it's still gonna be the Tony Pollard show. Hell yeah, that sounds like a very very generic late night show that I would just fall asleep watching. The Tony <laughs> Pollard show. let's talk about the viking side of the ball obviously you're starting the normal guys you know justin jefferson dalvin cook blah 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 i thought it was interesting that in the first two weeks or first two games with the vikings after being traded to them tj hawkinson has been targeted 19 times 
Um, obviously, he's a must start, but I thought that was interesting. Something I should bring up that the fact that he's already very involved in this offense. But let's talk about Adam Thielen. He's been flirting with being fantasy worthy. He's like right on the cusp of being someone you can really throw in your lineup and um, be comfortable with it. He does have around a seven target floor. He gets a good amount of targets, but he's still a touchdown dependent. So is there really anyone on this Vikings offense besides the obvious players that we're looking at? Um, You know, I don't believe so. Uh, and the biggest reason reason for it, especially with, with when it comes to Thielen, because you're right, he has been on that fringe of being fantasy relevant. But since the arrival of TJ Hawkinson, Thielen has um, really lost the his opportunity in the red zone. Um, Hawkinson's getting a lot more looks down there than, than Thielen is now. And so uh, it's just without him getting those red zone looks, it's going to make it really hard for him to have anything more than just a really low floor. And at this point, I think he's like a low-end wide receiver three. Yep, and that, that seems like where he, where honestly, where he kind of was before TJ Hawkinson was in the fold. So I'm with you on that. Very, very low end. Uh, now that Hawkinson is in the picture, so let's talk about the next game then. Cincinnati Bengals going into Pittsburgh against the Steelers. The Bengals are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 41 points. Pretty low over under, and it looks like Jamar Chase is likely to return next week from injury, so which means he's going to be missing this game against the Steelers. T. Higgins is averaging about 10 fantasy points per game in the last four weeks, and in my opinion, seems to be a more consistent option than Tyler Boyd, who's a lot more boomer bust. He did have two big games in the last four weeks, but it's inconsistent. Their, their targets are about the same, but T. Higgins is catching more balls and getting more yards on a consistent basis. So with Jamar Chase out, how do you feel about these guys? I think you can still play both of them. Um, yeah, Tyler Boyd gives you a little more up and down, but I think you have no problem playing both of them going forward as long as Jamar Chase is out. They're, this offense is just too explosive to keep them on your bench. Not to mention you do get another good matchup here against Pittsburgh. So uh, this week they should both definitely be in your lineups. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the – you know, the plug-and-play guys. Joe Mixon, throwing him in your lineup. Joe Burrow, throwing him in your lineup. Yep, the Joe's got to um, go. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Joe knows, baby. What about the Steelers? Um, God, just a disappointing offense, really, so far this uh, season. Najee, definitely one of those guys that's been disappointing, but he is averaging around 10, 10 fantasy points in the last four weeks, hovering around, you know, between like a 9 and 11 points per game. So in my opinion, especially with where you drafted him, even though we're so deep into the season at this point in week 11, you know, he's at least an RB2 for you. You got to start him. I don't know if, know if I'm going as high as an RB2. It might be just a flex play, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, luckily, he did actually practice in full, so he's been dealing with the injury for most of the season, and he's actually off the injury report, which is a good sign, especially early in the week. So hopefully that... Maybe that's one of the reasons that he's it's been such a bad season for him. He's been you know dealing with an with a nagging in, uh, knee injury, but I will be honest. Like re, in the last couple of weeks, when they put Jalen Warren on the field, the offense looks better. He looks more explosive. Um, he just seems like he wants to be out there right now. And Najee, I'm you know doubting that a little bit. So I agree with you in ter- terms of the fact like 
even this late in the year, it's hard to bench Najee. Um, I would say he's a flex play at best for my, for myself. You might have a better way way to go um, in your flex even because of you know the depth at wide receiver. But if you do need to play Najee Harris, I think you still can. Okay. Oh, what about uh, the receivers? Very disappointing. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. I'm not touching them right now. No, I mean, until, yeah, I mean, until Kenny Pickett shows a little more, you know, competence in in the, in the pocket, then you really can't, can't rely on any of the receivers doing anything real good work. Obviously you see flashes from the Pickett to Pickens um, connection. We know how, how talented Deontay Johnson is. So I expect this offense as a whole to bounce back, um, you know, down the road not this season it's gonna be like a next year type of situation so i'm not like completely giving up on them in terms of dynasty and their overall outlook in the future but for the rest of this season it's just like it's too hard to be able to count on them at at this point we've seen it for you know 11 weeks now yep i'm totally with you but the other receivers you know basically tight end uh, well he is a tight end pat fryermuth (laughs) definitely a starting tight end He's getting about seven targets per game. Uh, I I really like him at this point. He, at this point in the season, you know, we're in week 11. He's already matched what he did in his rookie season with a lot less uh, consistency at quarterback. So, you know, in this weird tight end landscape, like we always like to talk about, he is definitely a starting tight end. Yeah, for, for sure. And it's not like he's been killing it by any means. Um, He's had some decent games here, but he's also had some absolute duds. But... The tight end landscape is the tight end landscape, and it is barren. So you might as well might as well throw in Pat Fryermuth. I mean, not like that's a bad thing to have to throw him in your lineup, but it's just what it is. Like he is oddly one of the more consistent tight ends this season, and he's not even been very consistent. I mean, if we're being real, consistent tight end this year and really as of years late is seven, eight points a game. And that's if you get that, you honestly should be happy with it. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely yuck. But you know, if you're not Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, it just ain't really happening for you. You know, guys like Darren Waller and George Kittle fell off, and it's just like, goddamn, we we can't have anything for the tight ends right now. No, we're not allowed to have nice things. No, we're definitely not, dude. COVID happened, and everything sucks forever. So (laughs) that was pretty pessimistic, but let's talk about the next game. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs going into L.A. to play the Chargers. Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. The over under is 50 points, which is the highest over under of any of the games that we're discussing on this episode. It's going to be the Sunday night football game. And I think the biggest news out of the, for the Chiefs right now really is that Isaiah Pacheco, he finally played more than half the snaps for the first time in his career, first time this year. He had 56% of snaps. And before that, I mean, he was averaged about 30%. But he did rush 16 times for 82 yards, totally dominated the backfield as far as the amount of touches. The other two running backs had one carry. Do we trust him this week? Do we think he's taking over this backfield? It's it's so hard to tell. I mean, trust seems like a strong word to use um, just because the way this backfield has gone most of the season. 
but it's a really enticing matchup. The Chargers have been awful against running backs all season, giving up a ton of points. They're the third worst in the in the league when it comes to giving up points against running backs. So if there's a running back I'm putting my money on when it comes to the Chiefs, it's definitely going to be Pacheco. Um, but I'm not like running to the to you know the casino to put money on that either. Oh, no, I'm not running to the casino either because it's a 30-minute drive from where we live. I'll be driving there and putting some money on it probably, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if they do, our sports book sucks, but that's a different story because we live in a state that doesn't have FanDuel or online betting. Shout out to Washington, the great Northwest. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the, the Chiefs receivers, though, you know, Juju didn't practice. Juju Smith-Schuster, Cole Hardman didn't practice. Who Miko isn't very relevant uh, fantasy wise, but Juju kind of is. And right now, they're, they're questionable to play. They did not practice on Thursday. If they don't play, does this elevate MVS, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Kadarius Tony, who saw a good amount of usage last week being on the Chiefs? I think he even ran the ball like three times, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I mean, they were kind of using him all over the place. So it's. Super exciting to see what's going to happen with Tony and this offense because they can use him in so many different ways. And in terms of, I'm going to still stay away from MBS, but I think Kadarius Tony, you can absolutely throw into your lineups this week. Um, Juju and Nicole both seem like they're probably coming to come down to game time decisions, which isn't something you want to bank on having, especially when they're the Sunday night game because you can't pivot to, you know, another option there. So um, I think I would roll with Kadarius Tony mm-hmm. and then not even play the game with with Mecole and Juju and just keep him on my bench. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm not even thinking about Mecole, but the fact that he he might not be there definitely makes me like the other guys a little bit more. Oh. Hold on. Mecole Hardman was oh. placed on IR today. So he's definitely not playing. Well, my sources can just go dig a fucking hole and lie in it. <laughs> so, so yeah, Meikle's he he's out for the next four weeks, and not like you said, he's not much of a fantasy relevant player, anyways. So, not much to say there. Uh, Juju, though, still, I'm not gonna play that game with him. You know, being in Sunday night, the concussion he he had was bad. There's, I mean, he was stretchered off. It was it was a scary situation. So, I don't want to play that game with him. Um, you know, I'm betting they will they'll sit him anyways, but. Don't put yourself in that position where you have to like make some weird last second addition um, or have to throw in some random dude um, off your bench that, you know, plays on Monday night. So go ahead and just keep Juju on your bench. Find another route to go right now. Yep, I'm with you on that one. On the Chargers side of the ball, it's it's very interesting to me. You know, Justin Herbert is having a very down season after having a very hot start to his career for the last two years. But, I mean, the last two weeks, he's had 12-point games. He's only thrown for multiple touchdowns in four out of the nine games that he's played so far due to a bye week. How do you feel about Justin Herbert in this game? You know, they did play Kansas City in week two, and that is the only game this season that he did throw for three touchdowns. Oh, it's his second game, actually, against the Raiders. He did one time against the Raiders, but that doesn't count because the Raiders suck, and we're not going <laughs> to talk about it. Um, I like Herbert to bounce back this week. Um, I mean, 
it's a good matchup, so there's that. But there's a very strong chance he does get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back this week. And I think it needs to it's not being stated enough how hard it is for the quarterback to go out there and perform when he's missing his top two wide receivers. Two very good guys. Like they're one of the better t- receiving tandems in the league. And when they're both been gone for the amount of weeks they have been, of course this offense is gonna struggle. I don't think people are, are you know, understanding that as like they should. Like you can't just go out there and replace guys of that caliber with just, you know, your third, fourth string and, you know, practice squad players. So them coming back is going to be huge for Herbert um, and this offense as a whole. And Mike Williams was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. As was Keenan Allen. And the reports are saying they do expect them back. Or not expect, but they are hoping and optimistic they'll be back this week for sure. And that does change everything, but at that at this point though, if they don't play Justin Herbert, are you you're avoiding him, right? No, I like the matchup, honestly. I if they don't play or you know, one of them plays, whatever maybe, I like the matchup enough that I think I can I would still roll with Justin Herbert, especially with the amount of other fantasy quarterbacks that are on by week that are on by this week. Okay. Um so Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, obviously. Um, is there anybody else we're messing with? I mean, Josh Palmer, he showed a little bit of promise. I mean, you know, if, with those guys being injured. Yeah, with Williams and Allen out, if they do both miss games, and, you know, Josh Palmer is an easy uh, option to throw in there. He's been playing pretty good football, you know, in their absences. Obviously, I know he put in a, a, a put up of a dud against um, San Francisco, but so do a lot of people, so. I'm not going to hold that against them. It's a good matchup. I think he can take advantage of it if you have Allen and Williams out. And what about the tight end, Gerald Everett? Last week, uh, he did get injured during the game, so I'm not really going to include those stats. But before he got injured, he was seeing a pretty nice floor of about seven targets per game. And he is, you know, the number 10 tight end on the season in standard leagues, number eight PPR leagues. So... It seems like he's a start, right? If he does play. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, there's another one of those guys that doesn't seem like he's been all that consistent. I mean, he has some absolute duds in there. He has a three-point game and a .7-point game on the season. And, you know, and his season high for points is only 14. So it's not super consistent, but it's enough production to have him as the tight end eight on the season, which is pretty insane to say. So he's one of those guys, if he plays, yeah, you can throw him in your lineup for sure. Yeah, who knew the recession would transfer over to fantasy football? It's fantastic. No but, kidding, man. <laughs> yeah, I suck at politics. I don't know if I, what I'm really saying there. But <laughs> <laughs> that's my attempt at it. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that game there. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. The 49ers are eight-point favorites. The over-under is 43.5 points. This is the Monday Night Football game wrapping up this week 11. And right now, pretty surprisingly, Jimmy G has a pretty solid floor of around 16 fantasy points. So, you know, in a week where we are looking for streaming quarterbacks, how do you feel about Jimmy G? I mean, can you ever feel great about Jimmy G? No. But, I mean, 
he has been extremely consistent in their last five games. You have to give him that. He's playing as since he's you know regained the starting role. He seems to be becoming more consistent. The offense is starting to play better. The addition of CMC uh, can't be overstated enough. Honestly, that adding a, ta- a talent that that kind of talent to this offense it makes it that much more explosive. Makes it that much easier on Jimmy Garoppolo to make simple reads because you can you know go off the play action, uh, dump outs to McCaffrey in the flat. There's so many easier ways to to keep Jimmy from you know making so he doesn't lose you the game. That he has a pretty nice floor. And so for a streaming option, yeah, I think you could use Jimmy. And I don't like saying it, but I think you can. Oh, dude, I hate saying it, but I'm with you. I, oh, God, I just can see myself this weekend putting him into one of my lineups and just not liking it. But he's got a good floor. If you have a competitive team and you got someone on bye week, he'll keep you afloat. So, and that's really all you're hoping for. As far as his receivers go, you know, Debo Samuel been pretty quiet lately, not having a good week. Well, um, a good few weeks, but at the same time, Brandon Ayuk is seeing pretty decent usage. He has 60 fantasy points in the last four games in half PPR leagues. So with that being said, you know, obviously you're going to start Debo just because it's Debo, but you're not going to do it confidently. But Brandon Ayuk, is you know he's a starter right yeah i think he is and it just, he's not a guy that i trust a ton because we've seen the you know the ups and downs with him and how hard that that's been to like judge but he is you know playing pretty well right now um i i don't know if debo's still kind of you know coming back from the injury he had where he missed the game um i think it was a hip injury so maybe that's been you know keeping the door open for Ayuk to continue to to produce Arizona is a good matchup. I think that, you know, it gives it gives enough wiggle room to make it so Ayuk is can be productive alongside Debo and CMC. So, yeah, I think Ayuk is is worthy of, you know, being thrown into your flex. You want to know something crazy at this point in the season, Brandon Ayuk is a higher ranked receiver in fantasy points scored than yeah. Debo Samuel. Yeah, he is. Who would have thought it? Nobody. Not nobody. Yeah, not it. any of us. That's for damn and, sure. And anybody that says you did, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> On the plus side, though, if you got IU, got a good value later in the in the draft. You know, you're sitting pretty good right now. But, um, yeah. So CMC, you know, he he's obvious must start. What about George Kittle? I hate bringing his name up. I think it's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's been, it's been rough for him this season, too. Uh, he, you know, coming back from, he started the season on, on IR when he came back, had a slow start, put together a nice stream, stream of, string of games in the middle where he had three games and had a total of, you know, a little more than about 42, 43 points over the course of three games. Really good production there. And then uh, they go on by math. I see you. Yeah. Um, after the bye week, he comes back into the Chargers and puts up an absolute dud. So it's really hard to gauge what you can do at Kittle. But with the tight end landscape, I mean, he is a guy that gives you a pretty good, damn good ceiling. So, I mean, I think you, you can still throw him into your lineup. One, because 
He has a high ceiling too. Who the hell else do you have that you are really going to be like, he's a better play than George Kittle? Uh, Foster Moreau or George Kittle? Kittle. Yeah, I feel the same way, but goddamn, I would not be surprised if Foster Moreau has more points this week. It could happen. George Kittle's been so inconsistent. I know. It just, I do, I like, you know, what Kittle brings overall. It's what we've seen from him for, for years now. Um, He's a guy that seems to be really slowing down because of injuries, like five years sooner than we saw Gronk do it. But um, but Kittle's, you know, he he's too talented overall to completely ignore here. So I would still throw him in my lineup. TJ Hawkinson or George Kittle? Hawk. All the way, Hawk. Yeah, I don't know why I even asked you. I know you, you're just, you're. I'm a Hawkinson guy. Oh yeah, you're you're deep throwing the hawk for sure. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're backing up there. Put that shit in reverse. <laughs> yeah, you definitely love yourself some TJ Hawkinson. That is for sure. But I'm with you on those. Definitely, I agree. Um, let's talk about the Cardinals side of the ball then. Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy both were limited in practice on Thursday. And if you're a Kyler Murray owner. You should just monitor the situation going into Saturday and see what the status is. But it is the week of, you know, trying to find a streaming quarterback. So, yeah, I honestly wouldn't feel bad about just kind of ignoring Kyler Murray going into Sunday. If he's questionable going into Sunday or doubtful, anything like that, just put a different quarterback in. Kyler Murray has already been somewhat disappointing this year. So you really are not going to hurt yourself that much by throwing in someone like Jimmy G, Marcus Mariota, maybe Derek Carr. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and I think Kyler, yeah, he's probably been slightly disappointed. He's still, you know, a top 10 quarterback. He's, you know, ranked number eighth right now. So there's still that. It's just like he has some of those those games. You're just like, what are you doing? You know, and, and it's tough. And you hope you always wanted more out of him because he shows such great talent. And, you know, sometimes it happens. But when it comes to the quarterback, you know, for this week, I hope he plays. Like, I'm in that position where, like, I have Kyler Murray in our in our home league, and I don't really know what to do with him because I, it sounds like he's very good chance he's going to play. And But if he becomes, like, a game-time decision, you might not have a chance to pivot to somebody else if they do, rule, you know, rule him out. And then you could just be stuck with, you know, uh, a goose egg at your quarterback position because you weren't able to swap swap him out for anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Since he's playing on Monday night, I'm not going to take those risks. You know, get that replacement quarterback, throw him in, and just hope for the best. At the worst, you're taking like a five-point difference because Kyler Murray really hasn't had any big games this year, and he's hovering around, you know, between 16 and 20 points. If you get a quarterback that gets you 16 points, you really didn't take much of a hit. So definitely roll with a backup. Or, or streaming option this week is what I would say. And if you didn't hear already, Zach Ertz, his tight end, is out for the season with his knee injury. And with that being said, you know, last week with Zach Ertz getting injured and Kyler Murray being out, Rondell Moore and James Conner had their best games of the season. How do you feel about them this week? Do you think we can see the same? Um, I'm downgrading James Conner for sure because they're playing a really good defense, um, a team that doesn't give up a ton of points to the running back position. 
Um, just to be more specific, they are actually the best against running backs on the year. Uh, only gave up 14 points a game. So I wouldn't expect James Conner Connor to have much of a day here. But I would still roll with Rondell Moore. Again, I know that the matchup is tough. They only give up 16, or I'm sorry, 27 points a game to receivers, which is, you know, we're kind of right in the middle of the league. But mm-hmm. Rondell Moore is getting so much usage right now. I mean, in the last seven games, he has eight targets and six of them. He's at least eight targets in six of the last seven games. So he's getting way too much usage not to have him in your lineup. Um, at this point, I think that he should be a mainstay as a flex player for most teams. Yeah. And I I was considering putting Rondell Moore as my uh, wide receiver start of the week just because he's really, uh, he's emerging for sure. And I do like him, but the 49ers defense may be fade off of him a little bit, but I'm definitely going to start him this week if I have him on my roster. So, yeah, I agree with you. Let's see. Uh, anything else I missed in that game? I don't think so. You think so? Um, We should note that Marquise Hollywood-Brown did practice on Thursday. So he oh. hasn't been designated. He is, he's still on the IR. Um, He didn't take part in all of individual drills, they said, but he did look very good doing so. They said that he looks very healthy. But the fact that he's not even doing team drills, he's only doing only individual drills and not even getting through all of those. I would think you're probably still a week out before Hollywood Brown is, uh, is back in your lineups, but that's a good sign for fantasy owners as well. Um, it's a bad, it's not a good sign for Rondell Moore owners with Hollywood Brown coming back, but you know, overall, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown was having a hell of a year before the injury happened. So, um, I would expect him to come back and elevate this offense a little more as well. Might as well take advantage of having Rondell Moore. Throw that motherfucker out there. Get a little bit yeah, more. You might only have one more week to do it. So, Yep. That's what it sounds like from what you're saying here. So, yep, definitely take advantage of what you can while you can. Get it while the getting's good. So I think that wraps up our late game starts or sits. Let's dive into the best part of the episode, the starts of the week. And let's see. Um, should I just lead it off here? Yeah, Start go off with it. my quarterback. Okay, my quarterback start of the week is going to be Dak Prescott versus the Vikings. You know, I foreshadowed it a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, as we already said, Dak has scored 45 fantasy points in the last two weeks. I think he will be able to keep that up against a somewhat weaker Minnesota defense. They're not necessarily horrible, but they are allowing 280 yards per game on this season. And in the last four weeks, they're allowing two touchdowns to quarterbacks per week. So I think Dak can at least do that, 280 yards and two touchdowns, which makes him a definite starter. So that makes him my start of the week at quarterback, Dak Prescott versus the Vikings. Yeah, should be interesting to see. I mean, the Vikings have a decent defense. One going to be one of the harder matchups he's had probably so far in the season. So it'll be interest, interesting to see how he performs. But I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be be just fine. So who's going to be your start of the week then? So my start of the week, I'm going to Justin Herbert. Um, I know we just discussed him a little while ago in, in the matchup, and he hasn't had a great season. Um, he, you know, he dealt with the, the rib injury, which clearly affected him for a couple games after they actually happened. The injury bug, bug to the wide receivers, not to mention also the injury bug to the offensive line. He's missing, um, you know, one of the top left tackles in in the league. He went out early in the year. He's missing, I think, his center, which was one of the top. I think he was probably the top ten center in the league. 
He's missing just a lot of talent around him, and it's making it more difficult. But he does get a very strong matchup this week against the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense is in the bottom 10 of the league against every single fantasy position. So that means that he's going to have his time to hit all of his weapons. Um, that includes Eckler on the backfield. We, It sounds like he's going to get one or both of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, which is going to be huge for him, for the, his confidence, I think. And so Justin Herbert bounces back, uh, has, gives you, you know, QB one numbers this week, not to mention, as you said earlier, that his best game of the year so far this season did also come against the chiefs. So I think he can, you know, replicate that, uh, you know, those numbers, not to mention that was also the game. He did hurt, get hurt, uh, hurt the ribs. So it's going to be a little bit of a revenge game for him as well. Oh, that's a nice little point at the end there. And yeah, as someone who is a Raiders fan, which means I pay attention to the AFC West, the Chiefs Chargers games have been absolute barn burners for a couple of years now with Justin yeah. Herbert in the picture. So yeah, he's in a good he's a good, in a good position to score a lot of points this week. So I'm with that. Let's talk about my running back start of the week, David Montgomery versus the Falcons. Now that Khalil Herbert is on IR. You know, Dave Montgomery has absolute 100% control on this backfield. And this Atlanta defense has allowed over 80 fantasy points to running backs in the last three weeks. Obviously, that includes, you know, teams as a whole. But 80 points in three weeks, no backup running back, Khalil Herbert, who is very dynamic. Yeah, Dave Montgomery. I, I don't think I felt more confident about a running back start this year than... Dave Montgomery versus the Falcons. Damn, that's saying something. That's saying something because there's been some pretty pretty good matchups on the season for running back. So speaking of good matchups, and I'm pretty sure one of us picks whoever's playing the Texans at the right back position every week. I'm sure one of us always does. Because <laughs> it's I mean, too honestly, easy. It's it is too easy. And obviously you guys should know this at this point as well. Any listeners that like if you're even like a low end running back, if he's playing Houston, you, you got to bump him up. You have to play him. So I'm going with Brian Robinson. Um, and I think Antonio Gibson's a fine start as well. Honestly, I think they'll both have very good games. And this backfield has been, I know, kind of weird to figure out all season. Um, you know, the shooting that Brian Robinson suffered at the beginning of the year, you know, in the offseason certainly slowed what he was going to do coming in. And then it seemed like he many, was taking a whole. Many, 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 many. <laughs> Sorry. It seemed like he he was taking a stranglehold of the backfield and, you know, where Gibson was just not part of this gameplay more. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, him and Gibson are doing this 50-50 split. So it's hard to really gauge what's happening. But last week, Brian Robinson had 26 carries. And the commanders absolutely decided we're going to play old school football and just run the ball over and over and over again. I mean, I think they ran the ball like, 45 47 times this is the most they've done it in like two decades so uh i think they're going to continue to do that because it works i think they found something there brian robinson is due for a very big game oh yeah i'm totally with you <laughs> to put this all in perspective when running backs play the texans the best performance they've had against a running back um would be when in week four against Austin Eckler when he ran 13 times for 60 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, but how that, many receiving the, yards did he have in that game? He had 49 yards and a receiving touchdown. 
that is pretty much the absolute best they've done all year besides um well i guess they they did hold the broncos to 122 yards between javante williams and melvin gordon back when javante was healthy so it's yeah th- this team I mean, is an absolute even seed. against bad even against bad teams are still getting up 120 yards a game on the ground that shows you how bad this, this texans defense is against the run um honestly I'm pretty sure you and I go out there and score some fantasy points against this defense. So if we can do it, then then Brian Robinson can do it, too. I appreciate the confidence, but my knees would not do it. I'll just say it right now. (laughs) I'll make one cut and just be on the IR instantly. (laughs) So my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Brandon Ayuk versus the Cardinals. We talked about him a little bit already. Brandon Ayuk has had 35 targets in the last four weeks, and in those four weeks, he has had at least 80 yards per game. He has a real solid floor right now, and he's going up against the Cardinals, who are not necessarily a horrible defense, but they have allowed five touchdowns in the last four weeks to receivers. I I really like Brandon Ayuk. Am I saying you know he's going to be a top five receiver, top five wide receiver? No, but that's not what we do with our starts of the week. We don't name obvious guys. Brandon Ayuk is definitely going to be start worthy this week though you gotta roll with him yeah absolutely i mean we find guys that we think are going to greatly outperform their per- their projection for that week um that's how we kind of base it we want guys that are gonna, that aren't generally gonna be your you know uh wide receiver like for the wide receiver position you know guys that aren't always gonna be in your top 24 maybe they're you know on the outside more of a flex play but we think they're gonna give you you know low-end wide receiver one numbers. That's who we're going to go with. So uh, I think Brandon Ayuk has that, uh, you know, that ability. Um, you know, he's super talented, and this offense is humming right now. So he has he certainly has that, that you know, opportunity to put up those kind of numbers. Mm-hmm, definitely. So who's your wide receiver? All right, so I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. Um, I know I expected this offense to bounce back last week. It didn't happen. Um but now they get a w- much worse defense, especially, I mean, the Titans are good against the against the run, bad against the pass. The Raiders are just bad. Sorry sorry to say it, Trey. I know you know this. I feel like I've been, <sighs> like been picking out on this episode so far. But, it, I mean, the facts are the facts. It's the truth. Yeah. So, this offense had its best showing uh, back in week four against the Raiders. I think they can do it again. With Jerry Judy being out, Cortland Sutton is going to be the guy. For Russell Wilson to, to to throw to, he's gonna be, um, you know, give he's gonna give you I think the type of targets that you're not used to seeing from guys not named, you know, Stephon Diggs. Basically, I think you're gonna be see be in line for Sutton to be looking at like 13 to 15 targets. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches you know 10 of those balls and he's going for over 100 yards. And I'm almost gonna guarantee you he's getting in the end zone this week. Ah, I hate to admit it, but you're you're on the right track. The Raiders are an easy team to pick on right now, so I'm with you on that one. Let's talk about our tight end starts of the week. Mine is going to be Pat Fryermuth. I like to move it, move it. Shout out to Jimbo, who's not here. That's his thing. He started that, and I love it. <laughs> I like to move it, move it. Uh, he's going to, going up against the Bengals right now. He is averaging about seven targets per game. 
And I think it'll be even higher now in a game where Pittsburgh is going to be trying to play catch up with the Bengals. He already had a solid 10 point performance against them earlier this year. He has a great floor. Pat Fryermuth, definitely someone you can rely on this week, I would say. Absolutely. Um, he's the one, cons- really the only consistent piece of this offense. Um, and his connection will only grow stronger with Pickett the deeper in the season we go. So I agree with you. Um, you know, we're moothed away. Yeah, mooth it, man. Mooth Who, it. Oh my God, your tight end start of the week. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> okay, just just tell him who it is. All right. Oh man, I always go back to the well, and I'm not sure why they always burn me, but they do. I'm going back to Tyler's Conklin. All right. The Tyler's never die. How many Tyler's is there in the fucking NFL, dude? There's a lot, especially recently, and they're relevant. And you, it's awesome. And you love every <laughs> single one of them. I do. <laughs> We're gonna start a Tyler Army take over the world. <laughs> uh, all right, Tyler's now. Army. Yep. See, there it is. We already have our name. <laughs> um, all right. So <laughs> I know Conklin is a risky play. Um, in the last six games, he has scored more than seven points exactly one time, and in that mix, he did he did miss a game, but in that mix, he's had a two point game, a four point game, and a one point game. So. I know he has not been a very consistent producer, but in the last six weeks, the one game that he did score more than seven points was against the Patriots. You know how many points he went for? 22.9. He ate them up. Mm. He destroyed them. I don't see why that doesn't happen again. That game was only three weeks ago. This offense is clearly getting better. Um, Zach Wilson seems to be becoming a better quarterback as the season goes along. The passing game is opening up. The running game is is also you know playing pretty well, and New England's very stout against the run, so it's going to force Zach Wilson to pass. Tyler Conklin's going to be his guy this week, and he's going to give you tight end one numbers. Oh, Tyler's Tyler's, they just keep on coming every single week, somehow, <laughs> some way. At this point, it's like I have though. to have one as one of my starts everywhere. I have to choose one. Yeah, you have to, and there's a million Tylers in the NFL, apparently, and you have your pick of the litter every week. <laughs> yeah, risky play, but I, I'm with you on that one. You definitely got to throw him in there if you do have him. So to round the episode out, let's talk about Stinky's Defenses of the Week, a.k.a. my Defenses of the Week. I only have two this week. Um, There's some good defenses to play this week, but I really only talk about defenses that are that should be available for you. Less than 50% owned in most leagues. The two teams I'm going to talk about is, um, I really like the Saints defense against the Rams this week. Now that Cooper Cup is out, um, I honestly don't even care if Matthew Stafford's playing. He's still uh, trying to get through, it was like a five-step concussion protocol or something like that. How does that work? Uh, I can't, don't know how many steps. I think it's more like seven. But it was announced today that he, uh, I think he cleared today, so he's going to play. Seven steps. What is this? A fucking Alcoholics Anonymous recovery program? <laughs> that, that's 12 steps. I don't. Oh, okay. Sounds like you're speaking from experience, but okay. I didn't have to go <laughs> through the steps. I just had to do a couple of them. <laughs> Shout out to it. Tyler's got his chip. Um, but now, now that Cooper Cup is out on the Rams, I think the Rams are going to have the absolutely stagnant offense. 
The Saints are already a pretty good defense, so I think they're a pretty good play this week against the Rams, and they are owned in around 45% of leagues, something like that. I think 48 when I checked last time on Sleeper. And the other defense I really like this week is going to be the Washington Commanders versus the Texans. A very easy team to pick on, the Texans. But lately, the Commanders have played really good defense. They've allowed less than 300 yards per game in the last four weeks on average. And in those last four weeks, Davis Mills, the Houston Texans quarterback, has thrown five interceptions. So I think this is a good little matchup for the Commanders, who are, in my opinion, are a big sleeper this week on defense. You should be able to pick them up, and you should put them in your lineup. Should be a nice, solid defense for you. At least eight points for sure. So yeah, those are my I mean, defenses they just get of the 17 week. Seventeen points against the Eagles last week, so they're riding high right now for sure. Oh, definitely. And it was like three weeks ago they shut down the Packers. They've had some pretty good performances against pretty solid teams. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, two weeks ago they played the Vikings. Only allowed twenty points. 301 yards they're they're playing pretty good defense quietly and no one's really talking about them and they're only rostered in 37 percent of leagues on sleeper and half point ppr leagues so definitely need to give them a check and with that being said i think that pretty much rounds out our episode is there anything else you'd like to say uh, about these matchups and our starts of the week uh one clarification on matthew stafford you were correct it is a five-step process clear the concussion protocol and he has not cleared protocol yet, but he has had two straight uh, uncapped practices. So um, he seems like he's going to be good to go. It should be a matter of time before they say that he's out of concussion protocol. Or as the kids say, no cap or whatever. Uh, cap <laughs> practices. Yeah. No cap. I don't know. I'm We're too old for this shit. I've heard that said a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, no more capping. That is the episode. So thank you for listening. If you made it this far, make sure you are following us on Twitter at the FF fathers, whatever you listen to us on before you, you know, close the episode, go to bed, take your break at work, take a little smoke break, whatever. I don't care what you're doing. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. So you get our notifications when the episodes come out, which our episodes do come out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And if you got a little bit extra time, you know, it only takes five seconds, give us five stars. We'd really appreciate it. Helps us get up in there, get some more listeners. And yeah, I think that's just about it for us. So thank you for listening. This is the Fancy Football Fathers podcast. We will see you on Tuesday with our waiver wire episode for week 12. Good luck this weekend. Bye.